My name is Allison Height, and this is the Never Ever Give Up Cleveland podcast with support from Good News Cleveland and Neighbor Up. It's good to have you with us. When I broke my arm when I was little, people saw the sling and they asked me almost every time I saw them how I was feeling, how I was coping, and how I was healing. They saw the sling and it signaled to them, oh, I should ask her how she's doing. However, struggling mentally and emotionally, holding a heavy secret, most of this manifests internally. To many people, it's invisible. On our first episode, we shared exchanges on the theme of identity. Today, you'll hear from a new set of volunteers who will be reading more anonymous stories of struggle and letters of hope. The stories you'll hear on today's episode come from people grappling with some of life's most challenging moments. Stories that contain loss, uncertainty, sobriety, trying to find the strength to ask for help, and the will to get up each day and try again. The stories are connected by the theme of reaching out, reaching out for support and acknowledgement. So let's listen in to these exchanges. The hardest thing I ever had to do was watch my life fall apart right in front of my eyes. I literally invested everything into a relationship with someone who used me, mentally, sometimes physically, emotionally abused me. I had my car repoed, I was evicted from my apartment, and my credit was in the water, all at the age of 19. Prior to learning about adulthood so early in life, I went through even more as a kid, about seven to nine years old. I watched my dad grow as an alcoholic, my mom be physically and mentally, emotionally abused by him. My closest grandparents passed away in the midst of all this, and things just got worse. Ultimately, my parents gave up on each other. Me and my mom's bond became unpatchable. She blamed me for my father and all the other hardships she experienced after having me. Then the guy she almost married, my stepdad, first closest feeling of having a father figure was murdered on the west side of Cleveland. Ever since a kid, I feel I've been on this never-ending cycle of losses, whether financially or emotionally. I just want more than anything to get my life together, as well as boost my self-esteem. I just don't know how, because when I feel like I'm doing good or right, something happens to push me 20,000 steps back. Me and my parents' bonds are horrible still. I don't know what to do. 
Well, what it felt like to read that was scary, sad. Um, you know, I just remember, you know, beginning some sentences and having to like slow down before I read them because I'm like anxious about what I'm about to read out loud. And, you know, I think overall it just felt like this person didn't have a fair shake growing up. If I could talk to this person, I would just tell them that they don't have to fix those bonds. And it seems like it might be a good idea to invest in relationships with people who are not in cycles of trauma. I would just tell this person that there are a lot of people out here who are healing and who are breaking cycles of trauma and that it's important for you to find them and just make a change. But you got to take yourself into that space where you can stand. I can definitely relate with that. To the person who feels they take 20,000 steps back whenever it's finally going right in life. You said that you didn't know what to do to cope in your letter. I wanted to let you know that you're already doing it. Being brave enough to reach out, let people know how you feel, takes so much courage. Much more than smiling and pretending everything's okay. In all our lives, we will continually get knocked down. That's okay. That's how we learn what we can handle. Being open, honest, and willing to accept kindness will help each of us keep moving forward. And caught up in all the bad will be glimmers of good that help you remember why you keep getting up every day, even when it's hard and you don't know why you do. I know it's a little cliche, but you are not alone. You've got this. And if you need advice, start by getting up every day for the people you love. Eventually, you will be one of those people too. You will be able to get up for yourself. The hardest thing I ever had to do was admit that I was powerless over drugs and alcohol. I was ruining my life and the lives of the people I cared about most, but I didn't want to get help. I didn't care whether I lived or died. Now I do care and I'm so glad that I made that first step. To anyone who is reading this and struggling with addiction, you are not alone. You are loved, and there is hope. To the person who wrote 
about being powerless to drugs and alcohol, I salute you. Addiction is something that lots of people in my family struggle with. It's, it's extremely hard to grow through, but it's not all your fault. You are so brave for telling your story and just know that there's always someone there for you. The uh, story of struggle and the story of hope reminded me of people in my family, people that I know, and people that I love. While I've seen many different sides of addiction, I've also seen the recovery. And I know how difficult that can be because in many instances, it feels like it's a, it's a fight that you're fighting by yourself. And uh, that's really where this letter of hope really shines through. You know, sometimes we all need encouragement to cross that finish line. Stay the course. I want to take a moment to express my deepest gratitude to our volunteers. It is a heavy task to read these stories and letters and reflect. But by doing so, you help to create community. You help people be seen and supported. If you would like to be a reader on the show, we would love to have you. You can go to nevereverGiveUpCLE.com forward slash podcast and sign up. The hardest thing I've ever done is realize that I needed to fix myself and ask for the help to do that. I have struggled with depression most of my life. I hit a low in 2015, 2016. I was getting divorced and living a state away from my newborn daughter. Therapy wasn't helping enough and I contemplated ending it. I asked friends, family, and coworkers for help. I got medication and started researching and experimenting with my health. I listened to other people's struggles and advice. I made changes, cut out toxic people, and brought in good people. I now have a wonderful group of supportive people, a positive relationship with my daughter, and for the first time in years, some hope for my future. the person who wrote about asking for help to fix yourself, thank you. One of the strongest and most courageous acts a person can do is recognize when help is needed and taking the steps to actually find that help. You are the reason the idea of seeking guidance with depression, anxiety, and any personal obstacles is becoming more accepted and less stigmatized. 
I am inspired by your abilities to take the necessary steps to reduce the negative and increase the positive in your life. Because you deserve it. Everybody does. I hope you have found and continue to find happiness, peace, and joy in your life that you genuinely deserve. I was very touched by your letter, and a lot of it resonated with me. I come from a family with a history of depression. I know the feelings of hopelessness and impending doom. And at one point, it got so bad I had agoraphobia and I was scared to leave the house. And at times, my feelings became so numb, I didn't even really know what I was feeling. But I did seek help. I'm in a much better place now. I um, like to do artwork. I'm a grandmother and I love my grandchildren. All I can say is hang in there. I understand the whole issue of family and the need to feel close with your daughter and I'm very happy for you about that. Good luck to you and carry on. Often I get the question, how do you read all of these stories? Somehow suggesting that they are burdensome. I always respond with, but they're true. They're true stories. They are the lived experiences of the people around me. You can't start to heal until you feel like you've been seen until you feel like you've been heard. So I'm grateful to have the opportunity to read the stories because the bearing witness is necessary. I have read every single submission the project has ever received, which is nearing 900. And every time I am deeply inspired While I'll cry reading them, I am uplifted. I am connected to the people around me. I feel like I belong to something that's bigger than myself. I used to be so scared to cry, to feel. I used to be unable to feel anything, really. Reading these submissions and connecting, crying. It makes me remember that I'm fully alive. They make me believe that maybe one day soon, we will live in a world where we can share, honor, and hold our pain and the pain of others without shame. That maybe one day reaching out won't be so hard. The hardest thing I had to do was decide to live after overdosing on my medication. I 
On May 31st, 2017, a good friend of mine died by suicide. I was filled with survivor's guilt. I missed him tremendously. In July, I had the idea that if I died, I could be with him again. I lived through my suicide attempt, and instead of trying again, I decided to seek help. I still miss him every single day, and I am coming up on the two-year anniversary. But at least I can discuss my grief with my therapist. Wow. To whoever wrote this, I identify with so much of, of, of the pain um, and um, loss that you experienced. I don't know that I've experienced survivor's guilt. Oh, no, I definitely experienced survivor's guilt now that I think about it. But when, when my mom died, I had the same thought. I wanted to trade places with her. Or if I died, that it would all be, the pain would all be over and that I could be with them again. While that was appealing, I, I'm not sure what happens when after you die. I wasn't sure that I would be reconnected with my mom um, in the afterlife. And that, coupled with just like a seed of hope and willingness to ask for help, kind of has got me to the, where I am today, uh, which is, like you said, still missing the person, still missing my mom every single day, but moving forward and trying to w move through the pain and tolerate the pain, not wish it away, but just live with it. You've been through a lot, and I'm sorry you don't have your friend, and I'm sorry I don't have my mom, but I'm, I'm happy that you decided to live. I think so many of us carry around these really heavy experiences, and just being able to share them with other people lightens our load a little bit. So the hardest thing I had to do was decide to live after overdosing. About one month ago, I lost my nephew to suicide. He had suffered from depression for many years and it eventually cost him his life. I was there the day he was born and unfortunately, I was the one that had to tell my sister he had died. I wish I would have been able to have one more conversation, one more hug one more text. So I'll tell you, you are an amazing person. You are loved. You are right that life isn't fair and it's very tough at times. I think you have made an incredible change in your life and I'm so grateful you're still on earth with me. Admitting you needed help and seeking it out was a huge step and I'm so proud of you. Take one day at a time. Take time to be thankful for things in your life, large and small. As you and I both know, life is precious. So live each moment and let those around know you love them. I'm proud of you and glad I was able to write you this note from one stranger to another. Peace and love. If you felt yourself resonating with the stories and letters on today's episode and are looking for additional resources in the community, here are a few great organizations in the area that are doing work and are here to support you. 
Recovery resources, front steps, peel them layers back, reliable hearts, the Life Exchange Center, and the National Alliance on Mental Health of Greater Cleveland. There is no shame in reaching out. If you are looking for more of these stories and letters, you can visit us on Instagram at Never Ever Give Up CLE. You can also buy Never Ever Give Up Cleveland's book. The book is a compilation of some of the stories and letters that we have collected. All profits will go to support local mental health organizations. If you want to share your story of struggle, if you want to reach out, or if you would like to write someone a letter of hope, and encourage them to keep reaching out. More information about all of these things can be found on our website at neververgiveupcle.com. We would like to take a moment to shout out Purple Palm Press. Purple Palm Press publishes books about dating and relationships in the queer community. Lou Barrett, the founder, wanted to provide education to queer people so that they can be empowered to work through their relationships instead of giving up. Right now, you can purchase their collection titled Recording Corona, a series of stories to create a sense of solidarity based on experiences during the pandemic. Profits from Recording Corona will go to support Black Lives Matter Cleveland. To learn more about Purple Palm Press and Recording Corona, please visit purplepalmpress.com forward slash shop. This episode included music from Jake Fader, Infinity Ripple, Sarah, the Instrumentalist, Lotus, Henyao, Yi Nintiro, Ever So Blue, Dusty Dex, and Johannes Bornloff. Our show is produced by myself and Nehemiah Stark, with support from Gnus Cleveland and Neighbor Up. Jake Fader did the sound design, original music, and mix. Again, my name is Allison Height. Thank you so much for being with us.